I don't want to go too deep into breaking down the X's and O's of this game. Obviously, a 7-0 loss to the Vegas Golden Knights is not ideal. Um, it's not what anybody wants, but it's also it's not who the Avalanche are. We know that. They're in a little bit of a rut right now. So breaking down heavily, you know, play-by-play, goal-by-goal, period-by-period for a game like this is probably unnecessary. Um, but I will mention some key points from the game rather than, you know, a full breakdown. Um just to kind of get some thoughts out there on how I feel about this team right now. Obviously, this is Arif Dean of Mile High Sports. You're listening to Hockey Mountain High, your go-to avalanche podcast. The Avs just got shot out for the third time in four games, seven to nothing this time. So they went into Pittsburgh and got spanked for nothing. A couple days later, went into Buffalo, or three days later, got spanked for nothing. Then they beat the Blues at home. Then they go back on the road at Vegas, spanked seven nothing. Uh, not ideal. Every single one of those games was with Alexander Georgiev in net. He's now given up, I believe it's 15 goals in the last three games, 23 in the last five. So uh, it's not the best stretch of hockey for him. It's not the best stretch of hockey for the Avs. Um, I don't love the fact that this team gave up two shorthanded goals, a power play goal, and a bunch of even strength goals. Uh, and I also... There's something to be said about getting shut out three times in four games, and then there's something to be said about how it keeps happening. And the issue that I have right now with what the Avalanche are doing is there seems to be this feeling of the wheels completely falling off the bus late in the game, or in the third period, or in the second half, however you want to shake it. Uh, The Pittsburgh Penguins in the third period kind of took complete control, ran away with the game. The Buffalo Sabres, after the uh, the the non-penalty call on Kyle Lockposo or for Kyle Lockposo hitting Kale McCarr, we saw Nathan McKinnon get 10 minutes uh, and, and an unsportsmanlike conduct minor penalty. We saw the wheels completely fall off. Buffalo ran away with that game. This one was 2 to nothing at the halfway mark. It was very much in reach. In fact, at 10.32 of the, of the game or of the second period, Vegas took a penalty. It was a cross-checking call on Pahal. The Avalanche went on the power play. They had some good looks. They had opportunities to score. Vegas killed it. 25 seconds later, made it 3 to nothing, and then the wheels completely fell off. Less than a minute, within less than a minute of that 3 to nothing goal, the Avalanche took a penalty, and Vegas scored to make it 4 nothing. Then in the third period, Vegas takes a penalty. They score another shorthanded goal. Thanks to Mark Stone, second of the game. Then they get a, the, an even strength goal. Then they get another even strength goal. It just feels like, you know, had they lost two to nothing tonight, or even three to nothing, had Pittsburgh and Buffalo beaten them one nothing or two to nothing with an empty netter, it would feel a little bit better than this feeling that there's like this quit. This this feeling of of the wheels completely falling off the bus. That's the sour taste that I don't like. Obviously, I'm trying to shine, you know, what is ultimately a shitty stretch of hockey where you've scored zero goals in three of your last four games, four total in four of your last four games, uh, all of which came against the St. Louis Blues on home ice. Um, but I don't like the fact that this team seems to kind of quit on the game at some point or another, or at least that's the way it feels. They're not, you know, I I, I'm, I would never go into the dressing room and ask the players why they're quitting on the game because they'll look at me and be like, what the hell are you talking about? 
But that's the way it's coming off, and that's the way the score is being run up in these games, and I think that's the biggest issue here that Jared Bednar's got to fix. Uh, it's also wild to me, obviously a complete statistical anomaly here, but the Avalanche broke the road winning streak record, winning 15 straight games on the road dating back to last March, and since then I've played three road games and haven't scored a freaking goal. Like, it really does regress to the mean one way or another. In any 18-game road stretch, the Avalanche never get shut out three times, let alone winning the first 15, losing the last three, all shutout losses. So I think that's a little wild as well. And I'm just going to leave it there for the game. Obviously, I don't want to dig too deep into individual performances or things like that. We have all week to... To chat about that, obviously, I'm bringing out these podcasts a little more regularly now. Thankfully, I'm in a little bit of a groove. Uh, we have some practices coming up on Monday, game Tuesday. Um, and, and you know, the Avalanche will be taking the ice quite a bit here at, on home ice. So I'll have a chance to be in that dressing room. Obviously, I'm not traveling on any games probably until after the new year. So uh, when the Avalanche are in town, that's my opportunity to chat with the guy. So three straight home games coming up. But what I do want to do with this podcast, and I'm going to keep it quick, just an instant reaction. I just published an article on Mile High Sports. Uh, you know, most of you probably have read this by now. But I'm looking through the first 10 games of the Avalanche, and there are five questions that came to mind that I kind of want to throw out there for the team and just kind of see where they go with it. I want to see where the, or basically what I'm trying to say, I'm, I'm doing a terrible job of explaining this, forgive me, <laughs> but basically what I'm getting, what I'm saying is they just played 10 games to start the season in nearly a month. You know, they started October 11, 12, whatever it was, it's November 4th, not a lot of hockey in that stretch, but they are about to play 10 games in the next 19 days. In 19 days from now, or in 20 days from now, I would love to look back at these five questions and see which of them were answered, which of them were not answered, which of them seemed like more of an issue than they did on November 4th, which of them seemed like less of an issue, which of them seemed like they've corrected themselves. So starting from the top, um, I don't think I've called out Nathan McKinnon much in the five years that I've lived here and done this podcast. But I do got to say, Nathan McKinnon has nine points in 10 games. He's not on a downward spiral. His career's not over. His father time's not catching up to him. My brother's 28 years old. But nine points in 10 games in any stretch for Nathan McKinnon is not ideal. So question number one, could Nathan McKinnon find his dominant game? Moving on to number two. This is the same question they had last year. This is the same question they've had since Bill Daly, not Gary Bettman, but Bill Daly handed the Stanley Cup to Gabriel Landeskog in Tampa Bay on June 26, 2022. Who is going to step up and solidify a spot within the top six? Who is it going to be? Is it Tomas Tatar? Is it Jonathan Drouin? Is it somebody else? We obviously are all wondering if Gabe Landeskog is going to play hockey this year, even if it's, you know, a few minutes here and there in the playoffs. I'm not holding my breath. I think I'm I'm a lot more uh, I'm a lot more confident that he'll play next season more than I ever have been. Um, but that's not saying much. I'm not a doctor. I don't really know what's going on there. Obviously, Kovalenko, Nikolai Kovalenko is another uh, 
wild card in all of this as he will likely join this team as soon as his uh, season in the KHL ends. I know he's had some injury issues here, but he had a dominant start. But I'm not talking about then. I'm not talking about the trade deadline. I'm not talking about March, April. I'm talking about right now in these next 10 games. It's November 4th. On November 24th, if I do another podcast like this, who is going to step up and solidify a spot within the top six? You got Nathan McKinnon, Arturi Lekkinen, Miko Rantanen. You have uh, uh, Valerian Nachushkin, and you have Ryan Johansson. Who is number six going to be? Because what Tatar and Drouin are doing hasn't been working. The Avs got to find that guy. Obviously, both of those guys are fully capable of stepping up and bouncing back. I'm just curious who it's going to be. So that's my second question. Number three, Jack Johnson, Josh Manson, Samuel Gerrard have one assist each. You'll expect something like that out of Jack Johnson. Josh Manson, I'm assuming you'll want a little bit more than just one point in 10 games. Sam Gerrard, that's a big problem. That's This is a guy that started last season with a little bit of uh, some offensive struggles, but ended pretty damn well. His value was pretty high then. And uh, one assist in 10 games is not going to cut it for Sam Gerrard at all. He knows it. I know it. We all know it. Devon Taves has one goal, four points. Bowen Byram has two goals, three points. Combine all of that up, the five D-men behind Kale McCarr have a combined 10 points in 10 games. So that's an average of two points each. And it's also one less than Kale McCarr, who has 11. So this team is going to need more than just number eight, more than just their superstar, their Norris Trophy winner, their Conn Smythe Trophy winner, their already a future Hall of Famer, Stanley Cup champion, Kale McCarr. They're going to need more than just him to produce points. So question number three for me is, will the defense step up their offensive production? And by the way, Kel McCarr seems like he's laboring, and that's already scary. We're only 10 games in. Question number four. Speaking of the top six, speaking of one Valeri Nichushkin, he's got six points in 10 games. That's not bad. It's pretty good. It's not, it's not great. Uh, all he needs is a streak of 10 points in 10 games, which is very reasonable. And he'll already, you know, be out of this rut and look a lot better through 20 games. However, and, and I say all of this knowing that Valerian Nichushkin brings a lot more to the table than just goals, than just offense. You know, Johnny Goudreau, there was a tweet sent out today by Elliot Friedman. He only played 11 minutes. Uh, we're seeing a lot of big names like that. Jonathan Huberto. We're seeing we're seeing all of these big name guys that make a lot of money get benched or play five ten or sorry play ten eleven twelve minutes in a full sixty minute game because when they aren't producing points, they're not really valuable. They don't really give you much. Valerian Nichushkin's not that kind of guy. He's more than just goals. He's more than just points. However, in the first ten games, Val Nichushkin has one goal. Yes, he has five assists, but he has one goal. Any way you look at it, it's not enough. Again, he knows it. I know it. All y'all listening, we all know it. Jared Bednar knows it. This is a guy that last year, coming off of that broken foot, you know, when I posted that video of him getting carted off, uh, carted away from the locker room, uh, drunk after celebrating the Stanley Cup championship, he was getting carted to the dressing, uh, to the bus with one shoe off because of that broken foot. He bounced back from that last season and started the year with seven goals and four assists in the first seven games. Like, just an unbelievable start before injuries continued to ravage the season, and then we all saw what happened in the playoffs. 
So question number three for me. Today's November 4th. I'm going to check back on November 24th. Will Valerian Nechushkin find his scoring touch? And by question number three, I'm at question number four. Number five. This one's obvious. I've been tweeting about it all week, last couple weeks now. Alexander Georgiev was dominant in the first four games, allowing just four goals. But since then, the Avalanche's top goalie has surrendered at least four goals in five straight games. I wish it stopped at four today, but it didn't. He's let in 23 goals in his last five games. Obviously, the Avalanche, no matter what he does in goal, can't win if they don't beat the goalie at the other end. So these last three games, he's not getting much support. Defensively, the Avalanche aren't playing their best hockey either, so he's not getting much support in that way either. But question number five, will he find his way out of this rut? So just a quick recap. Number one, McKinnon. Could he find his dominant game? Number two, which forward is going to solidify a spot within the top six, joining Rantanen, Nichushkin, Lekkinen, Johansson, and who am I missing? Woof. Rantanen, Nichushkin, and McKinnon. Jeez, I'm missing McKinnon. <laughs> Who's going to solidify a spot within the top six? Number three, will the defense step up their offensive production? Number four, will Val Nichushkin find his scoring touch? And number five, will Alexander Georgiev find his way out of this five-game rut that he's currently in? The Avs play the next three games on home ice. That's going to be welcoming for a team that's 3-0 and at home, hasn't lost there in quite a while. They got the, the they got the New Jersey Devils on Tuesday, uh, probably without Jack Hughes. It sounds like he's going to miss some time. They got the Seattle Kraken again on Thursday, and then the St. Louis Blues again at home on Saturday. And then following that three-game stretch, by the way, they go to Seattle on Monday, November 13th. So they're going to play three games against the Kraken in the first month of the season, which is pretty crazy. But it starts with the New Jersey Devils on Tuesday. Game one of this next 10-game stretch to see which of these questions could be answered, which of them could be a bigger issue in 10 games from now. Again, this is Hockey Mountain High, your go-to avalanche podcast. Thanks for hanging out with me. I'll be back to chat with you guys again soon.